You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, Giants fans, and welcome to a new edition of the Valentine's Views podcast here on Big Blue View Radio. I'm your host, Ed Valentine of Big Blue View, and today I thought we would uh, do something a little bit different. Uh, Newest contributor to the Big Blue View website is Tony Del Genio, formerly known to our community members as Tarkenton to Jones, which might tell you a little bit about uh, about Tony himself, but uh, thought we would bring Tony on, talk a little Giants, uh, and let you guys get to know Tony a little bit. So uh, Tony joins us right now. Thank you much for for hopping on the show. Nice to be here, Ed. So Tarkenton to Jones tells us just a little bit about how long you've been a Giants fan. So just 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 tell us tell us your your Giants fandom journey per se well i began actually uh even earlier than tarkenton to jones so i my first memories of the giants come from the 1960 season my father was a die-hard new york giants fan lived and died watched all the road games on tv listened to all the home games on radio because in those days the home games were blacked out and Uh, Around 1960 was when I finally started to become aware of sports in general, and I started watching Giants games, too. Uh, At that time, Charlie Connerly was the quarterback of the Giants. I I just have to stop you and say I have finally I have finally got somebody to work for me who's older than I am. All right. (laughs) Yay. Yeah, I think I'm probably a decade older than you. Uh, Just just about. Just about. Uh Yeah. And uh, so I remember Charlie Connerly, who was the starting quarterback that season. And 1960 wasn't the greatest season to become a Giants fan. They had just come off some thrilling years in the late 50s, including winning it all in 1956. And then in 1959, uh, losing that, that heartbreaking overtime game to the uh, Colts with the Alan Amici touchdown, the greatest game ever played. It was called at the time. Uh, 1960 was the, the first year in a couple of years that they didn't actually win the uh, Eastern uh, Conference title. Uh, part of the reason was that Charlie Connerly got hurt and they uh, had to use backup quarterbacks uh, for a few games uh, before he came back. That was the inaugural year of the Dallas Cowboys and the Cowboys went 0-13 and won that season. The one game they did not lose, they tied instead, was their game against the Giants when the Giants had a backup quarterback in there. So that was sort of a harbinger to, to me of what it was going to be like as a Giants so, fan early on. So uh, I, I, I was going to say, Giants fans, if you're paying attention, I think we have uncovered the root cause 
of the wilderness years. Is Tony <laughs> Del Genio becoming a Giants fan? We have uncovered the root cause of the wilderness years. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, uh, so that wasn't the greatest start, but in 1961, they got YA Tittle and they went to the NFC or the NFL championship game, uh, three consecutive years, lost twice to the Packers and lost the third time to the bears, but at least they were making the title game every year. And in those days, YA Tittle's uh, favorite receiver was Del Schaffner. And so when I first registered my name on big blue view, I tried to register as Tittle to Schaffner. But it turned out that name was already taken. I was uh, going to say, process. you know, I, I I don't remember every username on Big Blue View, of course, but 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 that one does ring a bell. I don't think that's a, a person who actively comments any longer. But uh, but yeah, I do remember that username. Yeah. Yeah. And so uh, I said, OK, well, what can I try next? And of course, the next one up was Fran Tarkenton. And uh, Fran Tarkinson's favorite receiver was Homer Jones. And Homer Jones was a great, great wide receiver for the Giants. And that Tarkenton to Jones connection was one of the most exciting in football during that year. Unfortunately, the rest of the Giants team had sort of collapsed by then so that they were they had a bad getting worse defense. And uh, although Tarkenton and Jones provided some thrills for sure, and Fran Tarkinson was a Hall of Famer. He was he was exciting to watch, regardless of who he was throwing to. Uh, the Giants were a mediocre team in 1965, and then went on to become the worst team in football in 1966. Anyway, Tarkinson to Jones though was a great combination. I thought that would be a fitting name to use. Somewhere in this house, somewhere in this house, if I still have it is a photograph that my parents took when I was probably seven or eight years old in the late sixties of little Ed Valentine running around the house in a number 10 Fran Tarkenton giants football <laughs> uniform. So with, with my little plastic helmet and my little fake shoulder pads. <laughs> so, but so somewhere, somewhere there is that photograph. Mm -hmm. I, I probably shouldn't tell people that, but I think I uh -huh. just did. <laughs> <laughs> the, the good thing I'll, I'll say about, about being a long suffering Giants fan is that when they win, it's all that much more sweet. Uh, the, uh, unfortunately three years after I started or four years after I started following the Giants, that was when the wilderness years began. And, uh, the famous 1978 year with Joe Pizarczyk fumble, uh, against the Eagles that, that eventually led to, to the, the firing of the old regime and bringing in George Young, uh, that year I had, I had been living in California, going to graduate school and I had just finished up and come home to New York. And on the first weekend that I was home, my parents decided to celebrate by taking my wife and me out to a restaurant on Sunday. And they had made reservations for 4.30 in the afternoon, suitably late so that the Giants game would be over by the time it was time to go to the restaurant. Well, the game ran a little bit long, but the Giants had the game in hand and they were leading, I believe, 17 to 12. And there was under a minute left to go in the game, getting on towards 4.30. And my father said, well, this game is over, you know, we, we might as well get going. And so we got into the car and started to back out the driveway. But as you know, as a Giants fan, you should never assume that the game is over. And so we turned on the radio as we were backing out of the driveway just in time to hear the Pizarchic fumble 
And by the time we got to the restaurant, my father and I were so crushed. We just sat there during what was supposed to be this celebratory dinner, just kind of staring <laughs> down at our plates, hardly able to eat because oh. of that. So it's been so it's been a rough go as a Giants fan. But, the, you know, the Giants, despite their recent problems, more than made up for that in their past because they've had they've had more Super Bowl appearances and wins than most teams in the league and certainly three of the most thrilling Super Bowl victories against all odds of any team out there. So I'll take I'll take those those good times and and accept all the bad times. You know, this is uh, I'm glad you you went there and you talked about that, because this is something that I always try to tell Giants fans. And, you know, I try to be the voice of reason a little bit. I, I always try to 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 maintain an even keel. And, you know, I grew up watching the Giants. I grew up, I mean, the the wilderness years is basically when I became, you know, a fan of the Giants. And, and I can remember sitting there watching games with my father. And week after week after week, I would listen to my father complain about what he was watching during the first half. My father was a good football player. He was an all-city football player um, who could have gone to college to play football. You know, circumstances at the time prevented that. But he was a good football player. He knew what he was talking about. And he would just watch and complain about the linebackers and the defense and everything else for the first half. And by halftime, he would be in the garage, you know, finding, finding something else to do. But, but what I tell people is there are an awful lot of fan bases out there around the NFL, you know, Patriots aside, but there are an awful lot of fan bases out there that would trade places with New York Giants fans in a minute. Yeah, it's been bad lately. And yeah, the Giants had the wilderness year stretch. And yes, they're frustrating. And yes, people can get mad at John Mara. But every so often, the New York Giants get it right. And no matter what sport it is, you're not going to win every year. In the NFL, there's 32 teams. There's there's 31 losers every year. You know, there's, there's basically 31 losers every single year. So you treasure the times that you get it right and try to enjoy the journey, you know, in between, because, you know, there are a lot of teams out there that haven't gotten it right. There's a lot of teams out there that maybe have gotten it right once in 50 years. The Giants have gotten there five times won four times. And, and as I said, there's a lot of, despite the last decade, there's a lot of teams or, or fan bases out there that would trade places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You look at the Cleveland Browns fans, first of all, they lost their team and got a, and got a new one, but they mm-hmm. still haven't had a uh, championship in the, in the NFL I right. guess, era and certainly not mm-hmm. in the Super Bowl mm-hmm. uh, era, I guess the, the old Cleveland uh team from before my time did but uh but in the super bowl era they haven't gotten to a super bowl the detroit lions which have a, a rabid fan base fan base very supportive fan base in fact i mean you watch you watch their games and their fans despite how terrible the lions have been their fans are so into the game they hang around even even when the game is is bad and they mm-hmm. they haven't sniffed a super bowl the entire time it's existed so yeah as a giants fan uh, 
we've had it relatively good. And, and I think you, know, you, you can't take the Patriots as, as, as the typical uh, example, uh, or even the recent Kansas City Chiefs. You have, to, you have to think about the entirety of the NFL, and we are one of the more fortunate franchises in the NFL. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Hey, Tony, I wanted to, to ask you, you know, you, you're obviously, you know, doing, doing some, some writing for me right now, which, you know, which you seem to be enjoying. I'm curious, what, what did you do for a living? So I was a scientist. I would have preferred to have been a professional athlete uh, than a scientist <laughs> we I, because, I've, because I have always loved sports. But uh, in fact, I think I answered someone when I was a little kid about wanting to be a baseball player when I grew up. And then I started Little League in my first year in Little League. I had two hits in one game and I went oh for the rest of the season. And so I learned right away that I was not an athlete. And uh, and so uh, watching sports, following sports was about as close as I was going to get. But I also had good grades in school and became very interested in science. And I wound up uh, becoming a scientist. Uh, I got out of school in the late 1970s, 1978, just before the Pizarchik fumble game. And, uh, and I went to work for NASA. NASA has a little place in New York City called the Goddard Institute for Space Studies, which is a branch of the much larger, larger Goddard Space Flight Center in Maryland, in Greenbelt, Maryland. And I went to work there in late 1978 and spent my entire career there uh, 41 years before retiring at the end of 2019. And I did scientific research for NASA, studying other planets in the solar system, studying Earth's climate, uh, global warming, how the climate is changing, and uh, most recently actually getting involved in the search for planets outside our solar system, looking for planets that might har possibly harbor life. And so it was an exciting career, uh, something that I really loved doing and, and, and extremely interesting to do. Uh, very different from my, from my love of sports, but exciting nonetheless. Very cool. Very cool. And you, you mentioned Greenbelt, Maryland, which is uh, very familiar to me because I used to live in the Lanham area. When I, because uh -huh. I, I went to school at the University of Maryland. So, so that area back in the day was very familiar to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But yeah, uh, it's, a, and it's, and it's a nice area. And I always enjoyed going down. I would go down there periodically to, to speak with colleagues at, at the center there. And it's a nice area to go to. Yeah. I was in, I was in DC a few weeks ago and, and visited a friend and uh, realized it's pro, it's been, 40 years since I've actually been on the campus at the University of Maryland, which uh, that's a long that that's a long time. And it just tells you that 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 I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> and that campus has changed in recent years. I haven't been there the last few years, but I was there a number of times when I was a working scientist and they built some beautiful new buildings and centers there for holding conferences and things. It's really a very pretty campus. Yeah, I will have to stop there sometime. And I wanted to say, you know, what I wanted to say is it's interesting your background, because one of the things that I notice in your writing is that, is that it's not necessarily, you know, that, that you are a person who is deeply into analytics or a person who's deeply into numbers in your writing, but it's obvious that, that you like to do research, that you like to look at information more than just, you know, write emotionally is that you like to kind of dive into the into the numbers and the percentages and things like that, which is, which is work we appreciate. Yeah. I, I've been reading big blue view for years, but after I retired and found that I had 
little more time on my hands uh, than I did when I was working. I started following it more actively. I started uh, getting a desire to become actively involved instead of just looking at, at stories that you and the other writers wrote. And so I decided to create an account for myself. And first I just commented on it and commented in things in the fan posts. And after a few months of doing that, I said, gee, I should try writing something myself. And, and as you're kind of alluding to, I, I was asking myself, well, what could I contribute that might be of interest that other people aren't already doing? Well, I'm as much as I love football, I'm not a football expert. I, I'm not a film analyzer. I don't have the expertise to do what people like, like Nick Filato, let's say, and Mark Schofield and so on do. Uh, I'll watch what they do and try to learn from it. But I, mm -hmm. but I don't have the expertise to do that myself. I said, but as you indicated, uh, numbers are my friend. And so uh, there are a lot of statistics out there. And one of the great things about football now, really about all sports, but I, I think football in particular, because it has become such a, a fascinating strategy driven game is that there are all kinds of numbers out there that you can find about, about players and coaches and, and, and specific types of plays that really didn't exist years ago. And I started to realize, well, there's a lot of data that you can start to, to look at and, and, and ask questions about. And my basic approach is to say, how do my preconceived notions about football or about the Giants in particular jive with what the, the numbers have to say? And if the numbers don't say what I expect them to say, what can I learn from that? And that's the basic approach that I, I try to use. I don't take the numbers as gospel. I assume the numbers are there because they're reflecting what's actually happening on the field. And the question is, you know, what can you learn from that that you might not have noticed before or what, uh, what is over-interpreting a set of numbers? You know? and, and so that's the general approach I try to take in things. And I feel like that helps draw on what my personal strengths are. And, and hopefully it's complementary to what the real football experts do. And, and in all honesty, I do believe that, you know, it's one of the reasons that, that, uh, you know, after, after watching your work, as long as I did, you know, in the fan posts, it's one of the reasons why, you know, I asked you to come on as a front page writer. Um, as you said, you know, things that, Chris Flum does and things that Nick Filato does and things that Mark Schofield does are things that I don't do because my background is journalism. My background, I was not a football player after the eighth grade. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I, those, that, those are my, my, my quarterbacking in flag football days ended in eighth grade. <laughs> but uh, so that, you know, so I'm not a person who can, break down, you know, that kind of film. And I don't want to be a person who pretends to have knowledge that I don't have. As you said, I like to learn from what those guys do. I like the people stories. I like the, the interviews. I like to get around the team and get a feel for what's actually going on, you know, and, and, and see things with my own eyes as much as I can. I think that perspective is really valuable. And what I like to do, I think I, and I hope people appreciate this at Big Blue View is I like to find people who have perspectives that I don't have and who do, and who can do things that I can't. And I, and I hope that's one of the, one of the reasons why people come to Big Blue View is for all the different perspectives and for what I hope is smart commentary and analysis. 
Well, I think Big Blue View is clearly the best of the NFL SB Nation sites out there. I, I go around checking the other SB Nation sites for the NFL periodically just to see what they're talking about, what they're up to, sometimes to get news that I might not have heard about otherwise. And the, the number of, of interesting stories that you can find on, on Big Blue View, uh, the number of detailed stories, the number of personal stories you can find on Big Blue View far exceed those that you, that you get from, from other fan bases. And, and so I think that's one of the reasons Big Blue View is, is so popular. Well, pe- people like people like you and I still like to like to read beyond, you know, 140 characters of a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, I got myself a Twitter account a couple of years ago after I retired. And uh, I have to say that Twitter is uh, extremely frustrating <laughs> because uh, you get these the, you get the, these two sentence uh, takes on things that have no evidence uh, behind them and the, you say well okay <laughs> the, the word cesspool comes to mind uh, yes <laughs> it's uh it, it's it's interesting because i make a living from the internet i make a living from you know communicating on twitter and and, and using you know this the the social media platforms in the internet and and yet the sometimes it is also one of my greatest frustrations simply because of the 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 level of commentary that that you get in return sometimes it is one yeah. of my great frustrations because i i i try to keep you know the i try to keep the work at a professional level i try to keep it at a smart intelligent level and and that's hard sometimes when you go on social media. <laughs> but that's the nice thing about Big Blue View is that is that you can learn more about football, I think, from this site than you can in, in just about any other place that does this type of thing. I mean, there are places, there are places like inside the pylon that do very detailed analysis of football in general and, uh, mm-hmm. and 33 teams now having a lot of nice articles and things, things like that. But for, for an overall perspective on, on your team and, and angles that are specific to your team, I think there's nothing like big blue view out there. And that's what makes it such an interesting read. No, and that's we- why when I retired, I just got more and more interested in it and following it which is why i finally decided to come active this was this was a group that it was, was worth being part of we we sucked you in and now you <laughs> now you spend your entire day staring at the laptop right <laughs> <laughs> not quite oh, that's, 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 but more that's, than i'd like <laughs> that's that's basically what i do until i force myself away to go play golf sometimes mm-hmm. yep which which of course is exactly when things happen around the giants is they always they always manage to break news when I have something else to do. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. 
Real Traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Let's let's talk about uh let, be, before we before we go, let's talk about this current Giants team. I mean, I've covered now you know, since starting Big Blue View in 2007, this is the fifth head coach, this, it, which is amazing, you know, for a conservative organization that hates change, that that has been slow to embrace the 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 overhaul that that has been needed for a long time. Um, you know, but I and and who knows what's going to happen now with. Joe Shane as GM, Brian Dayball as head coach, you know, all, all the new coaches, new front office people. But I would think that Giants fans should feel more optimistic right now, you know, than, than they have in a while. Maybe not about to about the 2022 season, but about, about the people who are in charge and the direction that they're trying to go. So, I mean, just, just from where you sit, um, you know, how do you feel about this group? That's exactly how I feel. um, Since we were talking about the past before uh, 1979, when the giants were basically forced to bring in a new general manager in, in George Young, and he hired Ray Perkins first before Bill Parcells. But the difference that that you began to see in the Giants at that time is that you had this sense that there were good, competent football people now running the team. And so you had some faith that things were going to turn around after after many years of misery. And to me, that's the way I feel about this group here. I think that that Joe Shane was a great choice as general manager, and he hasn't really done anything since he's gotten into the job. That makes me scratch my head. The only thing I'll say is that like just about everyone else out there after the first round of the draft, uh, everybody else that the Giants drafted was either somebody I'd never heard of or had heard of and hadn't paid much attention to. I had vaguely heard of Wandale Robinson, but uh, I said, who's Cordell Flott? Who's Dane Belton? <laughs> who's Michael mm-hmm. Madden? And, and so on. It wasn't until I got to Darian Beavers. I said, oh, well, that's a guy I've mocked to the Giants a couple of times. I know who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but instead of instead of, of having a reaction is, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's doing. I say, well, this is a guy that that seems to have demonstrated in his first few months on the job that he does know what he's doing. And he's hired a coach that I'm very excited about, who I think is just the type of head coach that the Giants need, an offensive-minded head coach who's, who's been waiting in the wings for a long time for his chance at a head coaching position, and so he's experienced. I think they have all those elements in place, and so when you see people doing things the what I consider to be the right way, then you start to have confidence, and so my reaction to all those draft picks after round one uh, is, well, you know what? If they saw something in these players, I'm interested to learn what that is. And so my, my reaction is I've got to learn more about these guys and try to understand what they were seeing when they did it. And that's my reaction to everything that surprises me 
in football, not to say, oh, they, they're a bunch of jerks. They don't know what they're doing, but to say, what can I learn about that? If you respect the people making that decision, what can I learn about that from them? And, uh, and I think I see more and more people starting to do that. And in particular, uh, just as an example, Chris has had a few pieces on BBV the last few days uh, that he calls, what's the plan? And trying to figure out what the Giants are going to do in the secondary, what the Giants are going to do as an offensive philosophy and using things like the draft picks and signings to figure out, well, what are these guys actually thinking? And I think that's the way you, you can approach the Giants now because you, you start from a basic assumption that these guys are competent and they actually do know what they're doing and say, okay, what does this actually mean for the team and what can I learn about the team? So that, that's how I see things now. And I am very excited about the Giants going forward. Never mind the fact that the first round draft picks, I was just over the moon about. I mean, right. to me, they could possibly be the two best players to come out of this draft. You know, the odds are not, but but there's the chance that they could be the two best players drafted in 2023. Yeah, both guys were at one time, you know, considered possibilities to be the first overall pick. And, and it is interesting. And I, I tell people all the time, we spend months studying and talking about various players, but but we're doing it as a job or well, we're we're almost doing it as a hobby. We're doing it. You know, these guys, their paycheck depends on it in, in the NFL. And these guys. I talked to Tom Radowski the other day who used to work in the Giants scouting department as an assistant. And we were talking about just the volume of information that NFL teams have available to them that, that the public doesn't have. And that even the draft analysts like, like Mel Kuyper and Dane Brugler, you know, don't have available to them. I mean, NFL teams can get just about any piece of information on any player you know, shoot, going all the way back to middle school if they want to, you know, in, in researching these kids. And so they've covered all angles of these people and with and with not just one person, sometimes with a half a dozen people. And and as as Joe Shane said, there's a very specific plan for Wandale Robinson. There's a very specific plan for Cordale Flott. There's a very specific plan for Micah McFadden. So we just have to, as you said, we have to trust that they're competent because they haven't shown us anything that, that would lead us to think otherwise. And, and we see where it goes. Yeah. Joe Shane was on a, another podcast, uh, the one that Bob Papa and, and Carl Banks uh, run every week for the Giants. And they interviewed him last week. And one of the interesting things that he said about the draft was that and I don't know if he was saying this was actually the Giants uh, big board, but he was sort of indicating that there were only about 160 players on the Giants big board. And you compare that to all of us mock drafters, right, who are, who are choosing from a list of 400, 500 players that are on any, any site that, you can, that oh. you can choose. And his basic statement was that they, before the draft even began, eliminated a large number of players for even consideration in drafting based on a variety of things. One of the things he mentioned was injuries. And he sort of alluded to the fact that, yeah, the Giants have been injured so much in the past couple of years that, you know, we're probably not going to take a chance on someone who's had a serious injury because this is basically, this is not the team to take a flyer on such a player with. And, and so, you know, players like David Ojabo, you know, uh, uh, um, uh, Damone Clark uh, and, uh, and the, uh, 
uh, who's the uh, the linebacker who who fell uh, so many rounds that the uh, that the Eagles Nicobe Dean, one of the guys that I love. Thank you, yep. thank you. Right, and and I think in a press conference, Joe Shane was asked about that, and 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 he said, well, there's a reason that that guy is falling so far, and it was because mm-hmm. of this pectoral injury and other injuries, and they didn't want to have surgery and so on and so forth. And so you realize that the thought process that they're bringing to this is not the same thought process that I, as a fan, let's say, bring to right. looking at things. I'll say, oh, let's take a flyer on this guy. But they're saying, no, teams had so many players injured so much, we can't bring in a guy that, that we worry is not going to be around because this team needs players on the field. And then you, I say, you don't know what they know about the, the player's personal uh, lives that we might not know. And I realize that as, as someone who's not an expert, I don't know a lot of the details about how they play football well and poorly that mm-hmm. the Giants, this guy's not going to be a fit for our scheme. And this other guy is a great fit for our scheme. Right. We, that's one of the things we don't know exactly what the schemes are going to be. And it's why the work that Chris is doing that you referenced earlier is, is, is kind of difficult to, to dive into and, and mine for that information because we, we don't have a whole lot to go on because we haven't seen this coaching staff work together. But just you mentioned that, that Joe Shane had said he had about 160 players on his draft board. And this is something that, that I learned from Dan Hatman of the Scouting Academy a few years ago, Dan happens to be a friend and, and happens to, to live fairly close to me. But, uh, but as you said, there might be in Dane Brugler's draft guide, there might be 300 players or 350 players with draftable guides, but an NFL team will go into the draft with a board of maybe 150 to 175 players that they're willing to draft guys that they're willing, you know, guys who, who, who have personalities that fit what they want guys who fit the schemes that they want guys who have, you know, who have all the, the factors that they're looking for. And, and amazingly, some of the guys we think of as top 10 prospects might be, might not be on, you know, on the giants board or on the bills board or whatever it it's very specific to each team. And, and that's why the Wandale Robinson pick is so fascinating because the giants obviously valued him more than a lot of other NFL teams. And I think that, that to, to understand why I think we're going to have to see the offense unfold. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and what his role in it is and how they use him in combination with Kadarius Tony. And, uh, and we'll just have to see how it unfolds, but, uh, but it's an interesting time, Tony. And I appreciate your, uh, you're taking a few minutes, letting folks get to know you a little bit, your, your background and your history. So uh, I, I hope you've uh, hope you've enjoyed our chat and, and I hope your, your new, uh, your new boss at big blue view isn't driving you crazy. <laughs> uh, it's been a pleasure speaking to you, Ed, and I'm really enjoying what I'm doing for BBB, and I appreciate you bringing me onto the front page. All right. Well, and to... one other thing, go Giants. There you go. And we'll, ha- we'll have to do this again. And uh, Giants fans, thank Anytime. you. Giants fans, thank you, as always, for listening. Please remember, subscribe to Big Blue View wherever you listen to podcasts. Stay safe out there. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. 
first thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the phone? No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder. But you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this. High-quality leads, fast-closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle. It's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.